Hi friends, you're listening to Art and Magic, a podcast where we connect all things practical, magical, and really real when it comes to walking the artist's path. I'm your host, Devin Walls, painter, mentor, and dreamer. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to our first official Q&A episode of the Art and Magic podcast. A couple weeks ago, I put out an ask for your questions and wanted to know where you're at, what you're struggling with, if there's anything you'd like to know about or for me to cover. And I got some amazing responses. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who wrote in. Doing Q&A episodes is something I think I'm going to start sprinkling in on the regular. I really enjoy making the space more of a conversation between you and I, um, and also our guests too. And so you're invited and encouraged to send in any questions that you might have that you would love for me to address specifically on the podcast to my email, which is devinleewalls at gmail.com. That will be linked in the show notes for you. And if you could put in the subject line, podcast question, that would be very helpful for me. So in this last round of questions that I received, I would say the majority of them centered around this one topic that I'm going to cover today, which is all about transitioning from your day job um, into being a full-time artist or creative. There were a lot of questions about my story and business decisions and nuances within all of that, and I thought that would package really nicely together for one episode. Um, If your topic or question isn't getting covered today, don't worry. I've saved everything and I'm going to group them together for future episodes. So keep sending them in. Don't lose hope if today wasn't one of your questions. Um, And anyway, I'm really excited to cover this specific topic with you all because I know it's one of the main things I wanted to know about when I was getting started. Um, It's like the question, right? How do we become full time? What are you doing? How do you make money? How do we make this work? So before we officially dive in, I just want to say a couple logistical things, namely about reviews and shares. Um, I so, so, so appreciate all of your written reviews. I think there's no way you can know how much they mean to you until you actually have a podcast. Um, But I just want to say that if you're enjoying the show and you want to continue to support the show, they make such a difference and they don't cost any money. And you can leave a review by just scrolling to the bottom of wherever you're listening to this and hitting the five stars or writing what you've enjoyed about the show so far. Another fabulous way you can support the show is to share the episodes that you're listening to, particularly on Instagram. It makes me so happy to see you guys listening to this like in your studio and what your takeaways are. Um, So yeah, highly encouraged, greatly appreciated. Please do tag us at Art and Magic Podcast. And if you want to tag my personal account as well, you can. And that is at Devin Walls Art, all linked in the show notes as usual. Okay, so let's get into it. So Julia asked, how were your beginnings as an artist? And how long did it take you to be able to live from your art? And then also Bjorten, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's German. One of her questions was, she wants to know about my experiences with art career development. Which steps did I take in which time frame? So I'm going to address these first, and I'm just going to go ahead and lay out my story for you all. And P.S., for those of you who wanted a shout out, I'm going to link the handles of all of these fabulous question askers. And in 
um, many of the cases, amazing artists in the show notes. So the story begins back in time in early 2012, when I was just a wee college student studying philosophy at UC Berkeley. And though I was creative in high school and early college, um, I certainly did not consider myself an artist. And in my junior and senior year of college at Berkeley, I was struggling. Um, I've dealt with depression and, you know, I've worked through traumas in different forms pretty much all of my life. And that really came to a head when I was in my final years at college. So I found myself really doodling hard, I guess would be the right way to put it, for those last two years of college. After college, I had saved up money to travel with my best friend for like a year and a half all through Asia. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I somehow got this idea that if I went and traveled, the plan for my life would just fall into my lap or I would just get a job at a scuba diving shop and never come home and live like a travel blogger. Um, Spoiler, that did not happen. (laughs) I ended up coming home seven months into the trip. It was a whole ordeal, potentially a story for another time. But I guess my mentioning that is to say that I was doodling and practicing art in small ways from 2012 to 2014, and those were my artistic beginnings. When I returned home, I was probably more depressed than ever, having to face real life. I moved back to Berkeley and got a job at the restaurant I had been working at before I left. The very people I told I would never see them again, and I was leaving my restaurant job behind, so it was super fun to come back with my tail between my legs when that didn't work out. And it was during this time that I started to get really serious about my art. And I think that's because my depression got really serious as well. In fact, I would say this is probably my all-time low. Um, I had a really hard time functioning. Uh, Eventually, I just slowly quit that restaurant job because I just couldn't even go to it. And I was living off of a credit card. None of this do I advise, by the way, but this is the story. And pretty much the only thing I could get myself to do was paint. And so I committed. I This is when I learned acrylic. This is when I really wanted to start going bigger. I did some hard things like go into an art supply store and try new materials, even though I had no idea what I was doing. And I pretty much only painted maybe for nine months, eight months, until I was well enough to get a job at an office, like a front desk job at a chiropractic office that I worked at part-time. So even though I was still really struggling, because I had committed so much to my art that I it was almost like breathing. I just didn't even know what else I would do. I started sharing on Instagram. I set up an Etsy. Um, friends and family, you know, they kind of start to get the word of mouth like, oh, Devin's painting now. So I would do like super cheap commissions for friends and family and family of friends, which was so appreciated. And that was kind of how I entered. I weaseled my way in, didn't have a long-term plan, didn't think I was going to be a full-time artist really by any means, Um, but I was really in the present and it was just what was happening and what I was doing. Okay, a little side note that I think it's important to interject here. Simultaneously to all of this, and probably even starting back when I was in, in college, 
I had always had an interest in online business. I never knew fully what I would do for work, but I knew something within me knew I wasn't going to go get a corporate job. I just didn't have the desire for that. I didn't know how that would even happen. And so it had always been this kind of thing on the side that I was interested in how people could make money without having to go to work, kind of this like whole laptop lifestyle craze that was going on. So it's kind of funny in retrospect. I had no business. I had no idea what I would offer, but I was always interested in that. So I I learned a lot about online marketing and Instagram and, um, you know, dabbled with friends who had taken B-School for Marie Forleo. Like I was in that headspace. I was in that realm, not necessarily connecting it too much to my art though. So in the spring of 2016, I could not go to that office anymore. I mean, I was still really struggling, even though I was functional. So I decided it was time to put my laptop lifestyle dreams into action, and I decided to start a business as a VA, a virtual assistant. You know, one of the problems I was really facing when I was working at that office, even though I was only working part-time, I I just had so much anxiety that I didn't have enough energy to paint and work at this office. Like even three days off just honestly wasn't enough for me. And I don't know if that's because the job wasn't right. My energetic composition is just not set up for this. Um, But I was hoping that becoming a VA would just give me the freedom to have more time to paint and just like run my own life and my own schedule. And keep in mind at this point in time, I'm selling a little bit more. My Instagram following is growing. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning how to put my work up for sale, how to photograph my work, how to take on commissions. I'm making mistakes. So I'm really engaging with those like messy beginning processes, which is great because it's like no one really knew who I was. I had the freedom to make mistakes. Um, And yet I was growing at a very slow and steady pace. So I launched my VA quote unquote business. Very, very soon after I land a client who could pretty much function as a full-time client if I didn't have the expenses that I had while I was living in the Bay Area. So what do I do? I think all of my problems are going to be fixed by leaving the country. So anyway, I get this VA client and my roommate and I, my friend who had traveled with me and pretty much followed her, her own similar version of this path, sell our stuff and we're like, we're off to Bali. Goodbye. Goodbye, Berkeley. Goodbye, Rent. We're moving to Bali to run our online businesses. And I will say that when I got to Bali, I actually think is where my art evolved a lot. It's where I started using a lot brighter colors. I had been making art at this point for four years very consistently. And so my style was starting to take a little bit more shape. Wasn't quite there, but it was taking shape. Um, And I think it was inspiring for me in that department. However, I was super financially unstable. Um, There were a lot of issues with working remotely from Bali, and it wasn't the ideal place for us to live for many reasons that I won't go in here, but if you have questions, you can message me. (laughs) And at one point, about three months after being in Bali, I found myself with hardly any money, and my client that I was working for dropped me. She was very financially unstable and unpredictable. And, you know, if I was running a real VA business, I would have had security and had other clients and been working towards that and been prepared for all this. But the truth is, I didn't really want to be a VA. I really didn't enjoy it once I got into it. It just felt like all the busy online computer work that I wanted to avoid. And it was at that moment that I felt like I had tried everything I could 
to not be an artist. I mean, I'm skipping over like a lot of in-between stuff here, but you get the general idea. It was like I had gotten a job that was the least like a job I could possibly get. And still it just like was, I I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to make enough money at it because I didn't like it enough. And I kind of just knew that was the end of the line for me. So I ended up flying back, ended up coming back home. And it was really at that moment, really because I only truly felt that I had no other options that I said, okay, I'm going all in with my art and my art business. I want to say a couple of things about this. This is not a safe path that I took. It was extremely risky and extremely stressful. And I'm going to get into like some advice questions in a minute. And this is not the advice I would give to somebody else. So please know that. The second caveat is I had been studying online business since 2012. So for four years, I had been in other people's online businesses, studying it myself. A lot of my friends were business coaches. So this was not like an overnight thing in that regard. I had been doing online business actively, just not for myself. So in the fall of 2017, I decided that my business plan would include both teaching art courses. At this point, I was very immersed in the headspace of art as therapy, given my background, and commission my work and sell my work. And both together would be how I would make an income. And this is why the title of this episode is full-time in air quotes, because it's really all about, well, what does full-time mean to you? Does that mean that you only make money off of selling your paintings? For some people, that is what it means. Um, For me, it means full-time artist means making money because I'm an artist off of my creative work. And for me, that includes teaching. I also want to say that I've also always been a natural teacher. I've always envisioned myself doing teaching or mentoring of some kind. It all fit with me. It all felt really right. Um, And it felt doable, even though it was really scary. So in the fall of 2017, I did what's called a summit where, and some of you might actually know me from this, Um, where I got a bunch of people together and interviewed them. Um, It also helped build my list and kind of um, get me out there in a bigger way in a shorter period of time. And after that, I launched my first course. And that was really the beginning of me being all in 100% with my art business. So that was kind of like Devin in business as an artist level one. Level two is that I got way more serious about projects that paid more. Okay. So licensing, murals, commissions, how to sell larger pieces of art. Something I tell the artists I mentor is that if you're really serious about, you know, transitioning and making the art more of your main gig, you really have to think strategically about what makes you the most money. And as much as I love, love, love making small works and selling those off, and I do do well for with those because I think a lot of my art audience can afford them. And so that that definitely plays a role. But you want to really think about, okay, I only have so much time and energy. Where am I going to get the most bang for my buck? And even though, you know, in this like romanticized artist dream, we just want to be in our studio making whatever the hell we want to make and going wherever the wind blows us. And like, it is what it is. People like it or they don't. I mean, at least I feel a bit that way. Um, Something that was a hard lesson for me is like, yeah, I'm also an adult with responsibilities and I have to take care of myself. And that means I have to think about this in a strategic way that prioritizes like time and money. So after that launch in 2017, um, in addition to continually creating courses, teaching courses, 
learning about that whole game, which is a thing in and of itself. And the other side, which I was just mentioning, murals, commissions, licensing, big, bigger ticket items. The one thing I've always prioritized has been my creative practice, my studio time, and developing as an artist. So I'm going to contradict myself a little bit or just maybe speak to the other side of this whole experience, which is that's not the side that makes immediate money, right? Like toiling away in your studio and making things that you're probably going to throw away and you know, not sell instantly or not get instant gratification from, you're not going to make instant money from that. But that's like the juice that has pulled the whole thing along. So the long-term effect of that is that my work has gotten way more quality. I've gotten way more on point with who I am as an artist and my unique message and voice. And, And then in the long run, that's what lands with people. That's what gets the attention of people who can give you opportunities. So that side is really not to be neglected. And in the long run, I think is actually what makes your business sustainable and flourishing and growing and reaching into new territory, territory that wasn't there when you first started. So at this point in my business, here we are, the gloriously terrible year of 2020, I would say my income is diversified and is about 50-50 art and like teaching mentoring stuff. And that's really satisfying for me. It really works for me. It allows me to engage in both sides of myself. Um, While I think it's really like glorious, these artists that are only in their studios and um, maybe making a living in that way, I don't know how that would work for me completely. I think in the one hand, it would be great. And I also think there's a side of myself clearly by having this podcast that needs to teach and share and connect and build community and facilitate. And so this really works well for me. Um, And it's also great for the safety of my income and diversifying my income because when you run your own business, things are unpredictable. So diversification is really important. So to round out this story and to really answer Julia's question, which was how long did it take um, me to be able to live from my art? Well, I started in 2012 and I was shakily, shakily, like on shaky ground full time in 2017. So that was about five years. Um, And everybody's timeline is going to be so different. You know, I had, like I said, a big interest and drive towards online business and doing this myself. What I didn't have was art school and um, maybe connections from that realm that could push somebody through faster or just differently. I'm also single and I don't have kids. And there were times where I did have to borrow like $1,000 or $500 here and there when things were really shaky. And, you know, that feels a little weird to admit, but I also think it's important to be honest. Um, I'm On the other hand, I'm single and I don't have a husband. I don't have somebody else supporting me. So, you know, we're all at different places. I'm probably like somewhere in a privileged middle. And it's really important to consider that. And, and regardless of your place and your circumstance, Everybody's path is so different and meant to unfold, I believe, the way it's meant to unfold for your art, for what your art needs, what you might need to learn for your art, like whatever you might need to land yourself in the arena that is best for your art. 
I think the artist path is as unique as the artist work. And that can be really hard when we're looking on Instagram and like, look at this girl in her white studio with all her plants and like her glamorous life. Um, but that's just the truth. <laughs> so I'm now going to move on to address a more specific question that comes from Rachel Noble. And she wrote me a, a really beautiful um, explanation of her current circumstances, working full time, being highly sensitive, wanting to transition. But as she's working more and trying to save money, she's also getting burned out from working so much. And her question is, do you have any tips or advice on how to transition from a full-time job to becoming a full-time artist when you're already feeling burned out and overwhelmed? And then she asks, are there small things that can be done that have a bigger impact? Things like, you know, the right way to connect with your audience, small things that can help nourish your practice, ways you can build your business and earn money, um, or even things that she could be asking herself right now. Rachel, my very, very kindred spirit, I really, really relate and hear you. It is hard when you're a sensitive, empathic person or any of the other varieties dealing with trauma, um, depressed, anxious, all, all of these things, right? That, um, I think set us up to be wonderful artists, but make the path really challenging. I, I empathize and I know the struggle. So the first thing I'll say, although it's not the most practical, but it needs to be said, is that the cool thing about being an artist is that art has magical powers. <laughs> it does. And when you are committed to putting your heart and soul into your art and you're really following your path and creating, it has a way of leading you, of pulling you forward, of getting into the places where it needs to go, of getting you in the right place at the right time. And that's not to say you shouldn't take practical steps, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. But I think that's the most important thing. Like when I look back on my own path, I did a lot of risky, weird shit, right? And it's not what I would recommend for some somebody else, but it's what I had to do because of like what was available to me and what my capacity was. And yet when I look back and all of that, there was like this little spark inside, this thing pulling me forward that was like, we're going to give you at least enough of what you need in order to make what you need to make. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. easy. But somehow you'll get the supplies. Somehow you'll get the space. Somehow you'll get the energy and time. And it's like the more you do that, the more the magic of the art god, if we want to call it that, works within you and works within your life. And so knowing that and trusting that, that that's happening, I think, can maybe just give you a little bit of ease and a little bit of faith. Okay, practical things. A little bit goes a long way. So in terms of your art practice, a commitment to showing up, yes. But I used to feel like I don't have the time, space, or energy to have these big paint days where I can really get into it. And that's frustrating, but so much can get done. So much energy can can move the ball forward by like a 10 minutes a day practice or 30 minutes a day practice. Whatever you have access to is enough to get you to your next step. Okay, ways to have the biggest impact. Like I've got limited time and resources. I got to do some stuff. Anywhere where you can reach a platform bigger than your own. So that could look like reaching out to a group of artist peers who maybe want to share your work for 
like a certain cause or, or a certain series that you're launching, reaching out to a brand with a platform and letting them know that they can support an artist by promoting your work or showcasing it in their store, getting creative in that kind of way. I, that was really, you know, I referred to doing that summit where I reached out to a bunch of other artists and had kind of like podcast type conversations. And then they all shared that event and that helped me grow a lot. And also, I know it's cliche and I know it's not that exciting, but there's a reason um, just the consistent sharing, being open, letting people see your work, showing up to your practice, letting people know when things are for sale. It's slow, but it's that consistency that lets people know like you're an artist in business and this is your work. And that's how word of mouth spreads. And um when I look back, I'm so thankful for those years where I was laying that foundation. That's that's kind of everything to where I am now. And when we're talking about conserving energy, right, which is I think a bit what we're speaking to, like being gentle, doing things that are regenerative, I think it always helps to be really connected to our core truth and intention, right? Because then we're not like wasting a bunch of time doing frivolous things that we just quote unquote should that are exhausting us and that might not even resonate with us. So I think being really clear about like who you are as an artist, what do you value? What do you want other people to get out of your art? What medicine is your work carrying? If we want to get like really woo-woo here, which I do. When we have clarity on the answers to these questions, we can be a bit more direct with like our action steps and who we're selling to and who we're reaching out to and what we say about our work when we share it. I think that kind of clarity, which it seems like you kind of had an intuition about because you even said, what kind of questions can I ask myself? That kind of clarity is going to maybe make your path a little more direct. I'll just interject a personal example here. You know, for those first couple years I was making, even when I was in Bali, you know, I was I was just expressing and I was exploring, which was all really fabulous, really important to do. But when I, I really went through a process where I was like, okay, I, I get it. I'm expressing. I'm moving the colors. What am I really making? And what do, what's like really important to me? And when I realized like, wait, I'm this really like etheric, spiritually oriented, wants to live in an alternate dimension, like dreamy kind of person. And I don't see that in my art. And how can I bring that into my art? And then once I got clear about that's what I was doing and owning that, I could bring it even more into my art. And then people started to see it and recognize themselves in it. And then it started to grow. But if I had never paused to ask myself those questions, I don't know if my business would be doing as well as it is. I don't know if as many people would be buying my work. So that's all really, really important. So our final question for today, which I think is going to round out this conversation really nicely, comes from Julia again. And she asks, is there any advice you'd like to share with brand new artists? Why, yes. There is. Thank you for asking. Um, the first thing is learn from others. Be really open to absorbing experiences and knowledge and learning. I think you're already doing that if you're here listening to this podcast. So great, you're doing it. But in general, I think there's so much value in paying the money to take courses. Um, or even these days, you know, depending on your circumstances, there's so much you can learn for free. There's so many freebies. Um, there's so much information available. Be open to hearing how different people are making this work. Be open to learning new skills and strategies. Um, be open to like the new way of doing things in the 21st century, which a lot of that is online. 
I think galleries are wonderful. And maybe in another episode, I'll talk about the importance of in-person community and showing your work um, and all of that. But in general, be open to like the many, many different possibilities of how this could go for you. It doesn't have to look one way. Okay. The second piece of advice is let yourself make mistakes and be imperfect. That should be obvious, but as artists, we care about presentation. We care about what we're doing. We want to present quality. And I think that applies to how we run our businesses as well. But in the beginning, you know, like if I were to like time travel to 2012 or 2014 or whatever, um, I would just say like, don't worry about it. Post the photo, put the listing up on Etsy, experiment with your prices. Like if you have to go back down, you go back down. Not that many people are watching you. It's okay. Like you have to throw the stones forward in order to learn and feel it out. Maybe you're going to try an offering or a certain type of client that that doesn't work and doesn't feel good. And the beginning is the best time to learn that because the stakes are low. um, And that's how you like find out what you do love and what does work for you as an artist. So don't let this fear of like having everything figured out and needing to be super professional stop you from taking steps. Okay. Piece of advice number three, there's going to be four. Um, this one piggy piggybacks off of the last, but work within your circumstances. Please don't let your circumstances hold you back. I know it sucks making work where there's no good lighting. I know it sucks posting on Instagram when you're working in a basement and have no white walls or whatever. I get it. Um, and one day it is going to be awesome when you have the space and you have the white walls and you have the nice camera and all the things. But Consider the fact that your limitations, financial, spatial, otherwise, are here to, I don't want to say serve you because I want to honor the difficulty, but they also kind of inform your direction. They help you get creative. They help you learn the camera for the Instagram. Um, Maybe working in a small space and within limited time means you have to sketch in a sketchbook instead of make a giant oil painting. And maybe that's the art step you need to be taking. I know it doesn't always feel that way, but in my experience, when I look back on all the limitations I had, I see how that actually gave me a container to work within. And when I embraced those circumstances and those limitations, instead of fighting them, they opened up and led me to the next step, the next circumstance that was like a little more expansive. Maybe I had a slightly bigger space or a little more money. And that's how you get there. So please don't wait for things to be perfect. If you only have five minutes, use the five minutes. Last little tangent I have to add to that one. Sometimes when I look at the journey of artists, especially those that I mentor or just like other people out there, there's this thought that comes into my head like, I wonder if this is like a journey of who can wade through the difficult circumstances the longest. Like it's almost just like a waiting game. Like who can outweight the other people within the difficulty of making work and the self-doubt and the lack of resources and the lack of space. Like who can hang in there the longest? And like that's whose work is going to get out there. And I, you know, that's an oversimplification. And also I think it's kind of true. Okay. The final piece of advice, this might be for you if you're a little farther along. Um, like maybe you've been making art for a couple years because I think you know, there's value in those first couple years of a lot of exploring and not having direction and experimenting. And that phase comes about again and again throughout your journey. I still go through phases like that. But there comes a point in time where it becomes really valuable to get your priorities straight. 
Um, or another way to say that might be know your dream. What kind of artist are you? What lights you up? How do you want to be making work? Where do you want your work to be seen? For me, early on, I identified that like I need to be the kind of artist that makes whatever the hell I want within within reason and <laughs> the nuance of other things I've already said. But at its core, I don't want to be confined to like the decorating schemes of the year. That's just not me. I think it works so well for other people. And I think that can provide a beautiful container if that excites you. Please go with that. But for me, I identified early on, like, I need to just be making art for raw art's sake. And maybe sometimes it's not pretty. Maybe sometimes it's out there. Maybe sometimes it doesn't sell. Like, that's a core value of mine that I didn't want to compromise. And that led me to a couple of things that led me to knowing that this could be a potentially longer road because I'm not going to, like, find a niche right away and swoop in. It led me to knowing what kind of income possibilities were going to be best for me. So like murals, I think are great for me. Um, I think the diversification of teaching is great because when you're playing more in like a uh, fine art realm, which I think is what I'm speaking to a bit, it can be much less predictable. At the same time, getting clear about that allowed me to give myself permission of like, this is how it's going to go. And then I think it became a strength in connecting with people who like that about my work. So this is going to be totally different for you. Like your thing is going to be a different thing. But I think once you can get clear about like, yeah, I'm really envisioning my work in like a kinfolk magazine or like, yeah, my dream is really to illustrate for Nickelodeon. Like that would be killer. I would love that. Or I enjoy taking direction from clients and turning them into like this collaborative affair. The more you can get really honest and really clear the better off you're going to be. The stronger your path will be, the stronger your art will be. So that's my advice. Again, it comes with a caveat. We need to explore. We need to not know. If you're a super beginning artist, there's no way you're going to know that immediately. Um, But I do think there is great value when it is time to come to it. So learn from others. Let yourself make mistakes and be imperfect. Honor your circumstances. Work within them. And know your dream, know who you are as an artist and get your priorities straight. If you want even more like nitty gritty business talk and advice, I did an episode in season one. It was episode four and it's called the five keys to creating a sustainable art business. I think if you're interested in this, you should definitely check that out if you haven't already. And that also comes with like a PDF guide for questions and um, like a free guide that accompanies that episode. It's really valuable. So definitely check that out and I'll link it in the show notes. Okay, and that wraps up our first Q&A episode of the podcast. Again, I want to thank everybody who sent in their really, really thoughtful questions. I think this made for a great conversation. I'm really happy to be able to share all this with you. Um, And I had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed the story and the ramblings. Again, I plan on doing more Q&A episodes like this. So if there's something on your mind um, of any topic really related to art um, or the journey or whatever, please send it in in an email. I'll link my email address. It's devinleewalls at gmail.com. The subject line podcast question and let me know if you would like to receive a shout out or to remain anonymous. And your question will probably get answered at some point in time on a future episode. And just to reiterate, because it's so important, if you enjoyed and you would like to support the show, please leave us a review. It's so appreciated. You can also stay in touch by following along at Art and Magic Podcast on Instagram, or if you want to see what I'm up to and what I'm painting, um, I'm over at Devin Walls Art. 
Thank you so much for being here for this episode. I'm so looking forward to the next one.